Our topic for today, continuing our series on gospel-centered ministry, is relying on God in prayer. Let's begin with a word of prayer then. Heavenly Father, help us to listen carefully and help me to preach faithfully, Father, so that as we hear these words today, that you will be at work through your Spirit, leading us, changing us, and glorifying your name as your church grows. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. Now a disclaimer before I begin. You can give me an hour and I still would not have scratched the surface on us thinking about this topic, about prayer and God. So suffice to say, our sermon today is just going to be a sliver of what we need to know about this topic. But we try to learn bits and pieces and if that helps us change our prayer life just a little, then God has still blessed us through today's preaching. So with that, let me begin and share a story that I read about in a book. There was a small town in America that was alcohol-free. But one day, a small local businessman decided to build a bar. Now, rightly or wrongly, the Christians from the local church were concerned that people would cut loose and drunkenness may become a problem in their little town. So they had a big all-night prayer meeting and fervently prayed that God will intervene. And it just so happened that shortly after that, lightning struck the bar and it burned down to the ground. The owner of the bar then went ahead and sued the church, claiming that the prayers of the congregation were responsible. The church, however, hired a lawyer to argue in court instead that they were not responsible. So the presiding judge then, after his initial review of the case, stated that no matter how this case comes out, one thing is clear. The bar owner believes in prayer and the Christians do not. What is your attitude towards prayers? Do you really believe that God works through prayers? Do you depend on God in prayer? Now, some of us struggle with prayers, don't we? And when we come to it, the usual problem spot when we struggle with prayer is either we don't pray at all, we pray but we don't pray enough, we don't pray in the right way, or we don't pray for the right things. So in the same way that you actually don't need to be a mechanic lah, to know if your car temperature is high, there's a problem with the cooling system. right? You don't need a seminary degree to tell you that when a Christian's life is not soaked in prayer, there's a problem going on in the heart. So let's think a bit about the reason. Why do we have this kind of struggles and what does that reveal about our heart? Firstly, what does it actually mean if we find ourselves not praying? Prayer, at its very core, is just about asking for God to be involved in the things that we care for. So that means... Prayer is all about depending on God, right? Now, if you're confident of things, you're confident in your skills and everything's going to go well, then you probably won't see the need to come to God to ask for help because you are dependent on yourself. So take for example, right? Every day you drive down the same route a thousand times, no incident. You probably won't bother to pray for God's protection for you when you go to work. Now, 
suddenly by chance you happen to see wow terrible accident the person die on your way to work then suddenly eh, reminded of your own mortality ah then you start praying ah please take care of me as i go to work but then as life returns to normal the shock of seeing the accident fades away with that your prayer life also fades away so when we go about christian lives without prayer it just shows us right that somehow we have come to learn to depend on our strength our capabilities our skills to get by each day and that has led us to live such a good life that we no longer see the need we no longer remember to pray now contrast that the person who's looking at his two digit bank balance who has to wonder every day am i going to make it until payday ah what to do ah he will pray the single mother how am i going to pay for the school kids fee how am i going to get the textbook she will pray the person who's sick struggling daily to hold on to life or chronic illness and they suffer with pain every day they will pray but when you are living the good life and things are going great there's no danger for you the real danger is that you're not going to pray and here's the thing right if we are living lives that are so good everything is working out that you don't see anything to ask god for shouldn't that lead you to pray to bring thanks to god but we don't do that right then i think it's because what's really happening is that when we have peaceful and good lives we think we deserve this we think this is our right to have this life because i have worked so hard i've done this i've earned this and if i'm the architect of my fate i don't need to rely on god and that's why we don't pray you see how that works out right so when troubles come right you have concerns in your good life then the first thing you turn to then is your own skill and you try to settle things then based on all the plans that you have and you know when you'll come to pray and all your plans have failed last resort so if we diagnose that as a heart problem we don't pray because actually we don't think we need god we don't recognize that god is the reason why we have success why we have our skills our good circumstances our friends and so on it and if we have recognized this then even if you're not praying asking for things you will be praying to give thanks to god so you don't need me to tell you what a great problem it is then if you find your christian life to be prayerless at the heart of it it shows that you're proud and ungrateful Now you may not think I am not a proud person I'm not an ungrateful person I just don't pray but it shows that you're dealing with life based on your own strength you don't acknowledge that God is the one who's in charge and you don't see the need to involve him in your life Now on a side note it's helpful to remember right praying to God does not mean you don't have to work for what you pray for right it's not mutually exclusive right in fact uh, an old time preacher William Booth said work as in everything depend on us pray as if everything depends on him one of the best remedies for troubled heart is prayer and as we do that right and we see the gifts that we have 
that leads us to solve whatever problem that we're praying for, that should allow us to see what well, God is the one who gave us this. And then that will lead us to continue praying, to give thanks to God. So, you see, even as we try to resolve our issues or problems, don't rely on yourself first. Instead, rely first on God so that as you solve the problem, right, you will be reminded of God's work in you and then God is glorified through that, not you. Proverbs 3 teaches us, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. And we want to learn here, right? To trust in God's goodness. And that means allowing Him to set, to make the way for our path. And we should not think that if I got things in my life under control, then I choose lah what's going on, right? Are you one? You give something extra. That's the wrong way to think. We must come to God with a servant heart. Keep on asking what is His will for our life, right? And we want to see prayer as not something that sets us up to, to ask for more and more things for ourselves, right? So that we can enjoy things endlessly. Prayer is about cultivating a relationship with God and orienting our heart to be the same with God. So it's about asking God, what is your will for my life? So don't be the person who forgets God when things are good. Come to Him. If you've got nothing to ask, give Him thanks. And you want to do this so you're growing in your relationship with God. So that you act as his child and not the child of Satan. When times are bad, remember what we read from Philippians 4, from New Testament reading? Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. So learn to bring everything to God and seek for that peace that comes from knowing God has heard my prayer. And that's how your heart and your mind will be guarded in Christ when you're going through difficulties. Right? So that's what we do if we find that we're not praying. Okay, okay, but what if you're not totally prayerless, right? You say... I find myself praying just not regularly, right? Prayer sometimes pops into my mind when I remember I pray. It just shows us that prayer is not part of our DNA, right? Now let me ask you, do you need to be reminded to brush your teeth in the morning, right? How often do you go to work forgetting to brush your teeth? Do you need a reminder to watch your favorite movie when you come back and sit before the TV? Do you need a reminder if your favorite desert dessert is in the fridge, would you be reminded to eat it afterwards? No need, right? Automatic, right? And so what does it show us when we say, I am, when I remember only I pray lah? It shows you that prayer is not something you delight in. Prayer is not something you see as important, as crucial, right? You're happy to, to go to work without praying, but brushed it must. Why is that? It shows a problem in our heart, right? So, we want to see prayer as something that warms our heart, that becomes our delight, so that we don't need to be reminded to pray. 
And so we must need to change our heart, to change the way we look at prayer, not as a chore, but something that you enjoy doing. And perhaps, practically, you can change how you pray. Maybe don't pray as a list, as things that you want. Ah, God, I want this, and then and this, and this, 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 right? Maybe that doesn't help you to find that warmth and joy. Maybe as you pray, talk to God. Tell Him about the day that you had. Tell Him about your struggles, your hopes, your desires. What people told you, if you're offended, talk to God. Psalm 37 teaches us, delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in Him and He will act. You will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. And this is the key to meaningful prayer. Learn to delight in the Lord. And maybe you really want to see, right, how prayer right, changes your attitudes to things. Right? How prayer has been answered before. And as you get that thankfulness, actually, yeah, God answered this prayer, isn't it? Like, oh, this didn't work out, but oh, this is what God is doing. And then when you see these things, right, then you will delight. Then prayer becomes something more than a chore. It becomes something that you want to spend time in doing. And that will lead us to what 1 Thessalonians 5 reminds us to do. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And if we can pray with rejoicing and without ceasing, how wonderful, right? So try to make these changes. Now, what about those of us who, who say we pray, but I don't pray in the right way? Uh, firstly, what does it even mean to pray in the right way? Right? There's no right mechanic, no right style of praying, no step-by-step guide. Right? But I guess when someone says they're not praying in the right way, there's, there's something that doesn't feel right with the heart. Lah. It's very mechanical, very dry. Right? And I think this sometimes happens if we pray as if God is a genie that's waiting to grant your wishes. Right? So you come, okay, today uh, this is my laundry list. I want this, this, this. Oi, tak dapat. After a while, your heart grows cold. Right? And some of us do feel that... Um, that our prayers become mechanical after that. Just a list of things. Uh, please, one this, 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 heal this person, this person, then do this, this. And there's no real communication with God as you pray. So, what does it mean if our weakness in praying is that we pray in this way? Kind of a dry, not really there. And I think it reveals to us that we don't know God in a way that's personal and relational. We see God as a distant being, when he feels like it, he help you. Lah. So you try your luck. Right? But when you change that mind, when you see God as your Father who loves you, then you can come to pray in the right way. Because now you're no longer just asking for things that you want. You're praying with a relationship between you and your Father in heaven. Now, what about those who realize that they're not praying for the right things? Maybe your prayers are selfish. They don't mirror God's character. Maybe, for example, you're praying for someone you hate to get hit by a car and die. Hopefully you don't. Uh, maybe you're praying, oh, I want to be rich. I want to enjoy life. I want everything done for me. I want 50 servants. Now, even as you pray this thing, you feel something's wrong, right? Well, remember our Lord's Prayer? 
We heard it read in the gospel read in the gospel reading, and we practically say it every time we pray, right? We pray for God's will to be done in heaven as on earth, right? Right. So we should learn to pray for the thing that God wants, the thing that God likes, right? So it's not wrong to pray things that we need, even selfish prayer, not wrong. But as we bring our needs, as we pray. Can we also examine what does that show us about our priorities in life? Right? If every day you pray, you just want to become handsome, then that's all you care for, lah. Right? So we want to be people who pray God's priority for God's glory to be known, for people to come to know God, for our lives, our attitudes to reflect God's character. Our life is actually not about us, friends. It's about God. Bringing out His glory through our life. So, if we understand that dynamic, then we will think about prayer in a different way. So, look for what needs to change. So, you are not the center of the universe, but God is. Now, as you look at all these issues, right, you will see that actually it's because we don't see God rightly. So, the best way to solve it is come back to the gospel, see how it illuminates our understanding. And I think there are three big points you can take from the gospel. Firstly. Knowing God's grace towards us, right? Sending Jesus to die for us, right? There's a function there. It makes us God's children. He has shown great grace, and it points to us that we are worthy of His love now, right? We are adopted by God, and in the truest sense, we can call God Abba Father. That is the relationship between us now, because we are made one in Christ. The Holy Spirit is within us. So as we pray, it is not. You know, like filling up a form and sending to some jabatan. This is your father. And that's what the first two words of the Lord's Prayer teaches us, right? Our Father. He really listens to us when we pray. He really cares when you pray. The words that you say mean something to Him, and that's exactly what we see in Second Chronicles seven, right? Our Old Testament reading: If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn away from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sins, heal their land. And these are people who didn't respond to the gospel yet. They don't know Christ. They don't know the salvation, the grace that God brings. How much more about you? For whom God has sent Jesus Christ, you know God's grace towards you. But if a child asks for the father for a sharp razor blade to play with, father's not going to give to the child, right? In that same way, not all our requests are good for us, and so God sometimes withholds things. It doesn't mean He's not listening, right? But what happens? We will only see the upsetness, the anger that we don't get what we want, and then like the child asking for the razor blade, now we're gonna get upset, and then like the child throw tantrum, grow sullen with the father. I don't want to talk to you. Don't want to pray, right? But what we want to learn is we want to come to trust that because our relationship with God, He has heard what we pray, and if He's withholding something, it's surely good that He does that. And so, in that, we can also trust God's decision on how He responds or answers our prayers. So, if we learn to trust in this way, then we will see God as our Father, 
And that changes our attitude towards prayer, isn't it? You will pray for everything, trusting that God will do what is right. And so the gospel then teaches us, because we have this genuine relationship, we can have this confidence. So won't we learn to trust God and pray? Second point is that the gospel teaches us God is gracious towards us, right? Not only after Jesus has washed us clean, even before that. We want to see that the gospel is offered to us while we were dead in our sin, while we were enemies of God. If God has loved us when we were against him, now that his we are his children, he is never against us. Instead, he works all things for good for those who believe in him. And this helps us, right? To see that even as we come to him in prayer, whatever failure, sin, oh, I don't come to church so often, doesn't matter. Now, it's true, he might seek to break you out of the pattern of sin. The Lord disciplines his children. But even that discipline comes because God loves us. So that means we can trust and depend on God no matter what our heart feels like, what our circumstances are like. Even if you've engaged in sin, the right response is to come to God and pray. You don't need to conquer your sin. You don't need to work on your weakness. You don't need to be a better person before you approach God, to ask for what is necessary, for what you need, for the help that you want. And many people that counsel have this problem, right? We end up talking, they say, actually, I've been watching things I shouldn't have watched on the internet. I feel very guilty. How do I become a better Christian? The answer is the same. Come to God and pray. Then they hesitate because, huh? So unclean, lah. I need to change first. I need to take these steps. I need to, you know, put a filter on my internet. Ah, then only I can come to God and pray. No, don't hesitate. That's the whole point that Jesus came. You can't fight sin and win on your own. But Christ has come to open up the way for you through the gospel. So use that and come to the Father. And trust on Him to work in your heart. Third point, the gospel helps us to see that the point of the gospel is God wins. He, he puts up Christ as victorious over sin, death, and suffering, right? Yes, you, you have sin now in your life. You can die. And definitely, you will have suffering in your life. But if you understand the resurrection from the death of Jesus Christ, shows us that he has conquered all things. He's seated in the heavenly place. He works about to bring the full and complete restoration of all things to perfection and goodness as God has intended. That no matter how bad your situation is, you will have hope as you pray. Because if God is so powerful that he worked these things through Christ, amazing things that's beyond anything you could ask for, then whatever problem you have is kacang lah. Right? In fact, that's God's promise, isn't it? On the day that God comes and dwells with you, every tear will be wiped away. So the gospel teaches you to pray with hope. Hope that God is already at work and all the things that remain now, tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, none of this can separate you from the love of God. That's the promise of Romans 8.35. So pray unceasingly. Trust that God is at work and in that way you glorify Him. So if you understand the gospel, you pray in this way, that God accepts you in your weaknesses, in your flaw, that God is able to do all things through Christ, then that should spur you to pray harder, to pray daily, to delight in praying. So finally, 
Since we have looked at these three things before, um, when we talked about Christian growth, eight heart and hand, two weeks ago, right? Let us think how that looked like if you apply this to prayer, right? Head. We want to be people who know the promises of Scripture. We pray according to what Scripture reveals to us. We seek to find out from Scripture how we should pray. Maybe pray the prayers in the Psalms, right? We dwell in Scripture day and night so we know what God's heart is. Don't rely on your feelings to guide your prayer. Transform the things you learn from your Bible study, from reading Scripture, from listening to sermon, into things that you pray for. And in that way, two things will happen. Either you're praying the right thing, or if you feel that, yeah, this one, I don't want to pray for this. Huh? I don't pray for the gospel to God. Like, then pray that God changes your heart. Next, heart. Right? We want to see what is God's heart, and we conform to that. Right? Look at the Lord's prayer. Right? Do you care if your prayers aligns with the, the shape of the Lord's prayer? Do you care for God's will to be done? Do you care about forgiving others as God has forgiven you? Do you care that God's name be considered in the world as holy? Do you eagerly desire for the kingdom of God to come? Do these things come out in your prayer? If we do, then we should pray for these things and trust in God as we seek to go out and do all these things, right? If it doesn't, you know you have a problem. So try to pray for these things. Seek these things. Then you will see your prayer becomes more meaningful because these are things that God desires and these are the prayers God will grant. And He will grant it in such a way that He will use you praying for these things that He wants to happen. He will use you for His glory. You will become more like Christ. Hands, right? Pretty simple. Jesus has made the way. We can now come to the Father. Our sins don't stop us. So in response, raise up your holy hands in prayer. As Nike says, just do it. Train yourself to pray. Make it into a self-discipline. Maybe help other people to pray by praying with them. Now, I'll be honest, there are many times actually I find it hard to pray. And then someone will come and like, hey, let's pray together. And actually, uh, my heart don't want to do it, right? But when I'm done praying together, then I'm thankful that I was able to pray, right? So you don't know actually. By doing this, you can actually jumpstart someone's prayer discipline again. So go out and do that with each other. So as we come to the end of our sermon, can I encourage you to look at these three things, right? Head, heart, and hand. Learn to trust God. Seek to come to Him in prayer. Love God. So whether it's short or long prayers, prayers of deep conviction or anguish, prayers of simple joy or thankfulness, Come to God in prayer and learn to trust Him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for your word. Please help us to pray better. Please help us to be a church that prays, that encourages each other to pray. Rebuke us, Father. Work your discipline in us if we do not seek to pray. Bring us to you, Father, for that is where truth and hope lies. May the gospel guide us to continue to grow and to continue to pray and to continue to trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.